Hello listeners and welcome to CMI's Peace Talks. I'm your host Antti Ämmälä, CMI's Head of Communications. In this show we look at the world through peacemaking lenses. We have conversations with both our own and other top experts on what it takes to build lasting peace in the volatile world situation. In the wise words of our founder, Nobel Peace Laureate Martti Ahtisaari, we believe that all conflicts can be resolved. This podcast is about how to do it. Global food prices are spiking due to the war in Ukraine. There are growing fears that this could destabilize countries in the Middle East and North Africa, recalling how food price hikes played a role in Arab Spring uprisings a decade ago. What are the links between food security and conflicts? How could countries in the MENA region become more resilient to shocks such as the war we are now witnessing? These are some of the questions we'll be discussing in this episode of CMI's Peace Talks. My guests today are Wolfgang Mühlberger, CMI Senior Advisor for the Middle East and North Africa, and Heidi Olli, Partnerships Officer at the World Food Programme. It's great to have you both here. Thank you for having us. Great to be here today, Antti. Thank you for the invitation. Good. So, let's start with the big picture. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, has warned that the war in Ukraine could lead to a global food crisis. Both Ukraine and Russia are major exporters of food, such as wheat and maize, and these supplies have now been disrupted. Hedy, how do you see the um, uh, global food security situation at the moment? How bad is it? Well, um, Antti, unfortunately, it looks bad. Um, the World Food Programme Executive Director David Beasley talks about this ring of fire that's circling the earth, where we have the three seas, the climate shocks, conflict, COVID-19, and also spiraling costs of food and fuel, which are really driving millions closer to starvation. Now, already before the war, the number of severely food insecure people had actually doubled up to 276 million. And out of those, there are at least 44 million people in 38 countries who are marching towards hunger. So basically the overall global needs for humanitarian assistance just have been increasing and are today actually higher than ever. And this is all happening at the same time while WFP's funding levels appear to be leveling off. For example, we've already been cutting food rations to half before the war in countries like Yemen. Um, and we expect uh, the war to have an impact across East Africa and the Middle East. So extraordinary conditions ahead. Um, Ukraine alone actually accounts for half of WFP's wheat purchases. And with Russia, um, you know, they, together they account for a third of the global market, uh, 20% of, of global bar- barley market, 70 to 80% in global sunflower and up to 20% in corn. And mm. for the moment, the conflict has really brought shipments from Ukraine to a halt. You know, there's an export ban, obviously, due to the war. And uh, um, there's about 13.5 tons of wheat and 16 million tons of maize now uh, seeding, uh, frozen in these these countries. Um, and, you know, insurance, you know, in, in terms of shipping, it's also an issue because uh, insurance demand high premia for vessels entering the Black Sea. Uh, up, we've seen uh, war premia asked up to 300,000 US dollars per per vessel. So, yeah, uh, the, the commodities in Ukraine actually feed around 400 million people around the world. 
So we really can't afford for this supply to shut down. Uh, Ukraine mm. is the bread, bread basket of the world, and now we're handing out bread inside Ukraine. So not not a very uh, a very bleak uh, view as of this moment. Yes, situation is really bad and 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 getting worse uh, if the if the war uh, still goes on. Uh, Wolfgang, uh, we know that food security is already a big issue uh, in the Middle East and North Africa, and that about 50% of the region's food is imported. Um, for instance, several countries buy a significant amount of, of their wheat from Ukraine and Russia, as, as mentioned here. What impacts are unfolding now that these imports are being, being affected? How, how do you see this? Yeah, the the Arab world is definitely uh, very much dependent on uh, food imports uh, of different cereals from the uh, Black Sea area. Uh, The Arab world uh, in total roughly imports uh, 50% of of its wheat's uh, need uh, alone uh, from from Ukraine uh, and, and Russia. Uh, together with some countries uh, having significantly higher uh, percentages, uh, and these are extremely vulnerable uh, in in this situation of uh, disruption of uh, food uh, supply chains, which technically are actually commodity uh, supply chains in that case. the, the, the MENA region has has the two structural problems that have created very high demand and also, um, well, food import dependence. Uh, on, on the one side, there is the, the, the unfavorable climatic conditions in the region, uh, high levels of aridity, and that is even without climate change effects, which vary very strongly from country to country and from year to year, of course, uh, but also uh, still very strong growing po- populations, very, very big parts of, of, of young populations even though the, uh, the the growth tendency has been reduced uh, for the next two or three decades, there is still going to be a strong growth. So these two elements put together have have created uh, a, a mix that is that is driving demand strongly, which cannot be met domestically. Well, the competitive advantage of of uh, Ukrainian. Uh, Russian, but also Romanian and Kazakh uh, um, uh, wheat, uh, from, from from which is exported from Black Sea region ports, um, and the proximity of these ports to the MENA region um, has created uh, uh, well competitive advantage in the sense that the, the product, even though its quality is lower compared to other regions, uh, mm. it is is purchased uh, uh, a lot, uh, and the, the tariffs for for the uh, transport are also low, so it it they are, they are very competitive uh, when it comes to well meeting the re- requirements of, for example, Egyptian tenders uh, that are issued uh, on a monthly basis. Mm. And uh, on top of that, the the three famous C's have already been been referred to COVID climate uh, or rather climate change and 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 conflict, uh, which are drivers of vulnerability uh, of, mm. of of certain countries. And I would add an important other dimension. It's the nutritional habits that are linked to the level of income or rather the levels or of, of poverty in the region, meaning that cheap flour or cheap uh, wheat products such as bread are staple foods. 
so uh, it's 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 uh, has a very strong potential for social disruptions if for example the prices are increasing for 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 these products that's usually why uh, they are subsidized uh, mm. across the region in some countries more than in others uh, for some it's actually a, a, a need for regime survival almost to have have a price cap on 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 these products so mm. on on top of this setting uh, the the implications now of of, of the war uh, against ukraine are 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 compounding an already uh, very very tense situation just a short question uh, sort of a follow-up question on this we know that we are getting closer to ramadan in in, in arab countries um, and then the uh, uh, demand for food uh, increases significantly how do you see this situation in the in the coming months well, I've been also thinking about that, and uh, it's uh, the, the the season of Ramadan uh, is is a combination of fasting and and feasting. So um, it the, the demand for for products, but beyond in that case, uh, wheat based products. Uh, so also, uh, if you can afford it, uh, more 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 festive uh, meals, uh, demand for vegetables and and meat uh, would also increase substantially. Uh, I think uh, uh, across the region there will be a lot of people uh, due to the increased poverty, uh, due to implications of, 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 of COVID already and the increase of uh, fuel prices and hence uh, food and commodities already during 2021. Um, people will simply not be able to 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 afford uh, the, these uh, these um, uh, well having having a, a standard version of, of, of Ramadan, I'm afraid. So as you mentioned, if we then move on to discuss the questions of, of, of instability, um, there's potential there definitely with these rising uh, food prices. But in general, um, what kind of evidence do we have that the availability of basic foods and their prices can be a driver for conflict and instability. Hedi, would you like to take sure. this question first? Sure. So, I mean, conflict is the biggest driver of, of hunger in the world today. And actually, two years ago, the UN Security Council, they passed a historic resolution that which acknowledged the link between hunger and conflict. It's known as the Resolution 2417. And it basically just recognized that humankind will never eliminate hunger without establishing peace in the world. And as we have seen with Ukraine, food insecurity inevitably worsens when fighting drives large numbers of people from their homes, their land, their jobs. So hunger, yeah, hunger drives conflict, conflict feeds hunger, food insecurity drives conflict, migration, extre extremism and insecurity. And at WFP, we found that countries with the highest level of food insecurity, coupled with armed conflict, um, have the highest outward migration of refugees. Um, and I could also add that um, back in 2018, we did a study together with the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, or CIPRI. Mm -hmm. And this study pointed to that WFP programs do contribute to creating the conditions for peace. Uh, in particular, uh, this study looked at Kyrgyzstan, El Salvador, Iraq and Mali. 
And, and actually, in 2020, uh, WFP was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for our efforts to combat hunger, for the contribution to bettering conditions for peace in conflict-affected areas, and for acting as a driving force in efforts to prevent the use of hunger as a weapon of war. And I'll just add that what we've also seen is that in conflict-affected countries, where um, agriculture and trade are disrupted, uh, a simple plate of food can cost more than a day's wages. Uh, there was a study done by WFP back in 2020, which found that, as an example, in South Sudan, people had an average to spend 186% of their daily salary on ingredients for a basic meal, which could be something like rice and beans. So if we put, want to put this into perspective, it would mean that somebody in New York State would have had to pay around $400 um, dollars, uh, just for a single meal. Um, Wolfgang, um, you referred to this um, factor of instability in, 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 the, in the Arab region. Um, we know that, um, as you said, that keeping the um, uh, food prices um, uh, low, especially the price of bread, um, is, is tied to governments ability um, actually to sort of hold power and exist and the region has a long experience of food riots linked to food shortages and and, and, and high or rising prices um, and they played uh, a role in the in the 2011 Arab Spring uprisings as well do you see that this new situation could lead to lead to unrest I think the the current situation is is problematic uh, for 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 countries that uh, run run the risk of um, the increased risk of facing uh, social unrest for sure. Even 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 worse is probably the the, the immediate outlook for for certain countries that are already uh, um, strained by years of, of armed conflict and that that could and some of these like Yemen are already facing um, a famine problem. So it's not only about ensuring the sufficient in nutritional intake by making sure that there is sufficient amounts of uh, the commodities uh, of wheat, for example, uh, being uh, imported. But also, and then to ensure that they will be sold uh, at, at at prices that are affordable. Uh, but but in in, in cer certain countries, uh, the situation is so dire, and the international organizations, uh, and it was referred to by Heidi, uh, are, are themselves now re-diverting their own funds uh, to to help in Ukraine proper. So uh, the problem hence means that. Uh, the the efforts that the governments will have to undertake, uh, and it's not related in that case to conflict, because it's very much the case in Tunisia, for example, uh, and in Egypt, because they both have uh, strongly subsidized uh, food uh, items such such as bread, with the the, the increased the uh, increasing cleavage between the price uh, the, the low price uh, of the subsidized good and the increased uh, price of uh, the commodity on the international market this is going to put enormous uh, financial strains on 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 the budget and we have seen for example in in front of tunisian shores uh, boats 
full of wheat waiting for several weeks uh, because the government simply is not able to pay the bills for these shipments. Uh, mm. So, so it's 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 a very strong indicator that that even countries uh, that uh, well they face uh, an economic crisis like Tunisia and and hence have reduced uh, financial capacities are dependent uh, actually at the end of the day on these specialized international organizations that usually uh, ensure or help to ensure that there's sufficient amounts at, at, at specified prices uh, available on the, on the local uh, domestic markets. But if now funds are, are diverted, this is going to be a, a, a serious issue, and in particular uh, for countries that are, are, are relatively stable, uh, like, like Egypt uh, and, and, and Tunisia. The, the the biggest risk is that there is going to be a, a serious uh, societal unrest. We have seen it uh, in 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 the 80s and the 84 uh, in, in in Tunisia. Uh, we have seen it before in 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 Egypt also in the past when there was a, a well an intent to 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 reduce the the subsidies and it has been has been taken back. But the, the question at the end of the day is who, who is who is going to, to, to pay the bill that is necessary to keep up the subsidies. Um, so it's 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 uh, it's going to be a, a, yeah a serious structural problem that needs to be solved. And uh, for the time being, it looks as if uh, there is uh, no no uh, real real solution ahead. So the probable scenario is that there will be famine happening, unfortunately, uh, across the region uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a major implication of this war uh, against Ukraine. Mm. That's very worrying to hear. How do you, how do you see this situation, Heidi? Yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, uh, just to uh, add, uh, you know, uh, Wolfgang gave a, you know, explained uh, very well how the MENA region is part, particularly vulnerable to higher, uh, higher food, food prices. And um, actually, the food commodity costs are already at an all-time high, according to the FAO's food price index. So wheat has increased by 24, uh, 24% from 20, 21st of February to 15th of March. So, I mean, in that way, we are already seeing conditions that are, in a way, tougher than they were back in Arab Spring of 2011. Um, mm. And uh, in more than 40 countries where we operate, so wheat and maize, imported cereals, actually are cover 30% of the dietary energy. So it's such a key um, ingredient in the in the food basket. Um, we also think that, you know, these wheat price increases and lack of availability of pulses will uh, raise operational costs um, up to 29 million a month. And Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Syria and Yemen, as, as, as mentioned by Wolfgang, are particularly going to be impacted. I mean, there's already 17.4 million people in Yemen who, are, who will experience high levels of food insecurity mm. through May. And this will only worsen if, if the war keeps going. Afghanistan, we have 23 million people facing hunger. And in Syria, the um, subsidized bread now costs twice as much, and half of the population even doesn't even receive subsidized bread. So just to, uh, and you know, we haven't even touched the fuel costs, you know, you know, the con you know what, mm. what will happen. The conservative estimate also will increase, you know, with the uncertainty on future of oil prices, 
uh, which puts that to 6 million, you know, and not to mention that uh, Russia is a big producer of fertilizer. So without the fertilizers, mm. we are going to be losing half of the crop. So um, yeah, the, the picture that I'm uh, painting here is it looks very bleak, but you know, let's not forget that what history taught us as an example, when in 2015, we ran out of funds to feed uh, Syrian refugees, you know, the refugees obviously had no choice but to leave the camps and seek help elsewhere. And back in the day, this was one of the greatest uh, refugee crises in, in recent European history. Um, uh, you pointed to several countries here, both you and you and, and Wolfgang. Um, uh, but if we take uh, a few examples um, of countries that are in, in, in really fragile situation at the moment, uh, like Lebanon, which is in the midst of a severe, severe economic crisis and has the highest food prices already in the in in in, in the region. Hedi, could you paint us a picture? What what do you think could happen if the situation continues to worsen due to the war in Ukraine in in, in Lebanon? Yes. So, I mean, if the conflict continues, we expect the number of chronically hungry people to grow significantly. You know, Lebanon is now in its third year of severe economic, political and social crisis. You know, the geopolitical developments um, and the hike in the international fuel prices were already adding to the dire situation and ongoing inflation in, in Lebanon. WFP estimated back in 2021, so before the war, that food prices had gone up by 628%. Um, this has a very negative impact on the 1.5 million Syrian refugees in Lebanon, and 88% of the Syrian refugees uh, are extremely poor and need of assistance, um, and half of the Syrian refugee population is considered as food insecure. Lebanon in particular relies on Ukraine for 80% of its um, imported wheat supply. And last month, um, WFPS assisted around 1.6 million people there in Lebanon. Um, and as far as I've understood, and this may be uh, uh, not my area of expertise, but um, the, they have, the government has around a month's wheat supply left, and, and there are signs of food-driven unrest happening all over again. But the good news is that um, the government asked UN to, for support, and I believe that they have been in discussions with both Turkey and Indian government. And this week, already Turkey came forward with more than 500 um, metric tons of foodstuffs. Uh, so at least in the short term, um, help is on, on its way. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to hear. But really in Lebanon, the this this new problem sort of comes at the top of other other existing uh, big problems in the in the country so very difficult very Absolutely. difficult situation yes um wolfgang if if we take a sort of another type of country um like libya where people have suffered chaos and war, war for, for for many years um, you, you're observing libya libya as well um how does the situation look there well it's uh Difficult to say, uh, but uh, if you trust what the, the government is saying, uh, the, the country is supposed to have strategic reserves uh, of wheat for six months, uh, which is quite uh, a, a long, uh, long uh, period. 
Um, however, um, these these figures uh, would probably need to be um, tested uh, in, in in reality, and uh, I'm I'm afraid we will see in the coming month if if these strategic if these estimates uh, about strategic uh, reserves uh, are are accurate or not. But uh, the country is importing 40% of its wheat from Ukraine. Uh, which is a very significant uh, amount, uh, and hence uh, quite quite strong strong uh, dependence uh, on on a market that has uh, well entirely ha- halted the, the the exports due to the well export restrictions that the Ukrainian government has set up to well actually make sure that its own population is not going to 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 go hungry um so it's it's um it's 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 a, it's a quite uh, quite uh, challenging uh, situation the ministry of economy and trade has also now decided to to set uh, price uh, uh, limitations uh, for for the uh, for the sale uh, of of bread uh, and flour etc so it's um an effort uh, by uh, a government that is not really able, I would say, to enforce these rules across the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because we have uh, competing governments or government entities uh, in in the west and in the east of the country, uh, but simply that uh, uh, such type of of, of uh, political um, decision making and announcements, even if it has a legal implication, if there is a law that that is voted, etc., in 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 the House of Representatives uh, or, or other other uh, executive bodies, um, it's at the end of the day something that that will be very difficult to uh, to to enforce. Uh, hence, there will will be a strong strong drive for for, for black market uh, and uh, which which means that that prices prices will 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 uh, will will increase and uh, on top of that you have the conflict setting for a decade virtually either low intensity conflict or open armed uh, conflict erupting from time to time which means that uh, out of the out of the population of roughly 6 million uh, there is already half a million Libyans themselves who are needy uh, in terms of uh, uh, assistance, including also uh, uh, food assistance, uh, and another more than 600,000 uh, migrants from sub-Saharan Africa, uh, which are now in an even more uh, complicated situation than they than they have been before, uh, and they are the most vulnerable. Uh, and uh, they are probably going to to pay the price, and they already uh, are 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 going hungry for sure at 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 this at this moment. If we could then finish by looking at how countries could become more food secure and better cope with these um, type of external shocks we've discussed here, um, obviously Haiti. Um, at the World Food Program, uh, you you think about this a lot. How do you see this this question? how to make things better? Sure. Um, I mean, what we've seen is that the um, the COVID uh, pandemic has reduced the country's capacities to cope. So before um, COVID, uh, food systems uh, were more re- resilient. 
just two years of, of COVID has weakened the resilience of the systems. And, uh, you know, at the same time, for the global food market, there are few worse countries to be in conflict than Russia and, and Ukraine. I think we've been, the war has been going on for a month. And what we've seen is a rise in, in protection, protectionism. To be honest, this is not what we need when you have a shock to the market anyway. I mean, what what can be done and, and, and a lot of uh, this, I'm, I'm referring to the conclusions of our sister agency, FAO, who looks at the supply side. You know, we can encourage countries to keep food systems open uh, to uh, um, reductions in import tariffs. We can ask countries to share transparent information on stocks, harvest, food availability, uh, and to even out supply issues. Um, we can uh, reach out to countries that are in a position to produce more, and, and hopefully they could do so. Mm. Um, uh, FAO also says that the gap can be closed somewhat, but not 100%. So therefore, countries should also try to diversify their um, suppliers. And I mean, I, we were talking about how conflict drives hunger, how hunger drives conflict. I mean, we need mm. political engagement also to reach zero hunger. So only political will can end conflict in places like Ukraine, Yemen, Ethiopia, South Sudan, and so on. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and also, you know, uh, we have a, just touching upon climate change, you know, also without political commitment uh, to maintain global temperatures within the target set by the Paris Agreement, we can't really hope to limit the impact of climate shocks to, to food mm. systems. Wolfgang, in the MENA region, how do you see this question? Um, it's it's a very, very complex problem, many sort of structural issues um, that would um, um, prevent things from moving towards a more more sort of resilient system. Um, you have the pressures of climate change and, and, and rapid population growth. How do you, do you see this? How to make things better? There, there, there's, as you as you said, it's a multifaceted issue. Certainly, the question of low agricultural productivity um, should be uh, addressed. Uh, there is. Uh, maybe it serves now as a wake-up call to to implement uh, uh, water management strategies uh, in agriculture that that are saving water uh, and in general um, the the waste of, of of water or the the use of water um, could could be uh, could be limited uh, by by well general uh, awareness uh, campaigns uh, to to uh, well, ha have this precious uh, ingredient for uh, for local for domestic uh, agricultural uh, production uh, uh, available however even if you start using um, well very efficient um, aggregation uh, methods um, uh, there is there is still the 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 possibility, and Morocco is a case because they are exporting uh, a lot of strawberries to the European Union. Uh, that uh, they are using a comparative advantage that then again transforms into a a, a, a huge consumption of 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 local water that could be uh, maybe used 
for 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 domestic consumption to 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 ensure food security uh, from a, from a national angle so there there is this 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 whole whole question of 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 productivity in in the agricultural sector then there is the the, the issue of uh, nutritional habits so in 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 the arab region per capita intake of of wheat is roughly 130 kilos uh, compared to 65 uh, world average, so it's uh, almost double. Uh, and uh, we have to think about what is what is the reason for that. Um, it, one of the drivers certainly is poverty. Um, mm. When 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 populations uh, in 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 just a couple of of years, uh, and we have been observing this uh, unfortunately in in Lebanon. Are forced to to reduce their 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 consumption uh, of of um, sta- standard on on a norm which has been standard for themselves uh, products uh, uh, before the before the crisis uh, erupted uh, three years ago. Uh, it's uh, definitely um, yeah a, a challenge to 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 change nutritional habits if they are driven by 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 poverty. Uh, and and the third uh, element. Uh, we we know uh, from the uh, analysis uh, of, of of the conflict in Yemen, for example, um, that uh, there there is a there is a geopolitical component to it, but uh, responsibilities also for the ongoing war, which has caused a humanitarian catastrophe, including famine. Uh, so. Uh, the, the cost of war uh, is is the the third uh, important element that that needs to be uh, addressed uh, when when it when it comes to to trying to solve uh, this this problem of uh, the the well even the the increased uh, numbers who, who who might face uh, uh, famine now beyond uh, conflict countries but those who already experience uh, armed armed conflict uh, there there is uh, uh, well it, it clearly shows that much more needs to be done to to to, to stop uh, to stop this kind of, of, of warfare uh, and Syria is also a good example that after 10 years of, of, of war uh, which has also been uh, externally sponsored um, we see now a a, a catastrophic situation in the agricultural sector. Uh, Russia has been has been replacing uh, domestic production through through uh, through imports to to Syria, uh, which is not possible now anymore. Uh, so Syria is also one of the countries that is going to face uh, a severe humanitarian uh, deterioration uh, in in the month ahead because they also don't have. Uh, uh, sufficient silos and and the fourth element I would add uh, mm. because we talked about Lebanon before uh, there is a lot of political negligence uh, which which has uh, which has caused also the, the 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 situation or the food insecurity actually in Lebanon uh, in in the blast of the port in August 2020 the the silos uh, that were roughly uh, having capacity for four months of uh, strategic uh, storage capacity were destroyed and they have not been replaced ever since. So Mm. this is the reason why uh, there is only one month, if it exists at all, uh, of of strategic reserve now available in Lebanon, uh, which means that the, the, the political representatives 
of the population are, are also uh, to blame to a certain extent uh, in, 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 in certain countries when it comes to the lack uh, of preparedness, etc. So it's it's really uh, addressing uh, a necessity to to address uh, the negligence uh, of, of 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 the ruling classes uh, that that uh, well share also uh, 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 part of the responsibility beyond, of course, the the, the, the obvious uh, conflict origins between uh, uh, of the war against Ukraine. Thank you. This has been a very interesting and timely discussion on the on the uh, effects of the war in Ukraine on on uh, food security um, globally, but specifically specifically in the in the MENA region. Uh, it's it's obvious that uh, many more people will go go hungry, and uh, there's potential for increased instability. And in many countries, this problem of rising high food prices comes at the top of uh, many other problems like the pressures of climate change, bad governance, rapid population growth, very big problems already. But there are ways um, with which um, these countries could better cope with the situation. Thank you, both Heidi and Wolfgang. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to CMI's Peace Talks with me, Antti Ammela. If you like our show, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. You can also send us feedback and propose topics to discuss via social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Or by sending email to comms at cmi.fi.